Welcome to the Playtest Podcast, where I'm joined with creatives behind video games. I'm Dane Kabika, and on this episode, I speak with Jason Godby, where we discuss his game, Discolored. I saw that you have your uh, Discolored out in the arcade store and everything, so I bet that's thrilling. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's uh, it's quite a unexpected turn, but yeah, yeah, very uh, fortunate, thankful to have had that happen. Do you send in an application for that, and then it gets like approved, or how does that work? Um, well, for me, it was um, kind of an out of the blue thing. I didn't send in, in an application. It was. Um, the guys from Shifty Eye Games got mm-hmm. in touch with me um, and was wondering if I'd be interested in um, having a game on Apple Arcade. And uh, there was this whole approval process, I guess, you know, they had to look at it and see if it was their kind of game, something that would be feasible for them to have on Arcade. And, oh, okay. Um, and, you know, so, so basically, I guess, you know, the game passed obviously (laughs) (laughs) that's Uh, cool yeah 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 and so uh yeah it it was a little iffy there for for a little bit because i wasn't sure if it was going to you know go through or not but oh really uh, because yeah it is i I guess just kind of the game that it is you know it is Uh because it is short too um right so i was thinking well you know it's a short game and I, i made sure to say that up front it's like hey you know this game it only takes maybe like an hour or two to play right um, are you still interested um and you know that didn't you know seem to deter them um it yeah. actually turns out quite a few other games on arcade are pretty short too mm-hmm. um so i mean i think you know which, which is cool right because um it shows i guess the cool thing about arcade is they allow you know, for you know there's a space there for something different right yeah right um, it's it's not just what's going to be popular what's going to be um you know retaining you know the player for the longest amount of hours it's you know, some you know these are games that you know are interesting or you know do something a little bit different um yeah it's almost in comparison to what we see with how uh movies and tv is working now through like netflix and now uh like apple tv and you know disney plus and now having like kind of the video game side of it even though we've had um subscriptions it's really cool to see a company like um apple come out and say hey we're gonna have a platform where someone can pay what five dollars a month and get all these games so it's like you know yeah your game being short and all is kind of the perfect, uh, you know, bite of uh, entertainment that, you know, people can enjoy on their phones or on their computer, or, you know. Mm-hmm. So I find that really cool about Discolored. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe we could start with uh, just introducing yourself and uh, explain what Discolored is. Um, sure. Um, so uh, well, I'm Jason Godby. Um, I've been a 3D artist for you know, over I guess, 15 years now. And, you know, I've 
you know, started out as just doing this as a hobby and eventually made my way into uh, some AAA game studios working there for a while and uh, then shifted over to doing more uh, 3D visualization work, uh, which is a nice was a nice change of pace for me because uh, you know the game you know the commercial game industry working in those studios it can be um, a lot of pressure you know, just a lot of time in, in the studio right. um, and so with you know switching over to more visualization work uh, you know I was able to have a bit more of a balance and you know with that balance as I had a little bit more free time um, yeah. to you know work on other things you know so starting uh, you know indie games on the side uh, so um, and that's uh, you know, discolored is my second indie game right uh, and so basically uh, the elevator elevator pitch for discolored is um, you know all the colors have gone missing and it's up to you to bring them back and so it's about you know you're this detective um, and you know, a part of this unknown agency, unknown organization, and um, you're sent to this place, uh, this diner out in the middle of the desert, um, has this very otherworldly feel to it. And um, it's very much inspired you know, by uh, uh, the, the Twilight Zone and the science fiction um, mm-hmm. themes, you know, there's stuff like uh, Ray Bradbury. Um, right. So um, there's, you know, things are not what they seem. Uh, and so, you know, it's your job to solve puzzles and uh, try to bring color back to this part of the world. Cool. Yeah, I was going to say it has a very Orwellian feeling of almost feeling like you're always being watched. And mm-hmm. I, I do like how you kind of, the, the, the if you call them the levels, um, feels very like, oh, you're almost contained in this almost dream because you're only uh, capable of exploring like a certain area. And mm-hmm. like that idea of almost feeling like, well, is this reality? So I think uh, you really portray that twi- uh, Twilight Zone feeling within the, the levels. I think that's a, such a cool way to go about it. I, I saw that um, you... Is it true that you're influenced by like the Mad Men TV show sets? I know you have shared a few pictures on, I think it was Twitter. Right, right. Um, I think that that was more of a, I guess like an after influence, really. I kind of. Oh yeah. Had, yeah, I kind of already had an idea of what I was going for, um, mm-hmm. um, but then to, I guess. Uh, just bring those influences, you know, in further, just emphasize those uh, influences. I used Mad Men as uh, reference for building up uh, some some of the sets. And, but the main influence was uh, traditional painters like Edward Hopper um, and John Register. And they're American painters from, uh, yeah, mostly in mid, Nineteenth century, um, and you know they got to see, I guess, more of like the sixties, thirties to seventies kind of uh, uh, style in their work. Mm-hmm. And right. there's a lot of 
I mean, I guess there's a lot of minimalism in, in their paintings. And right, right. So it was a lot of focus more on color and light rather than what kind of detail, you know, how much detail I could add to uh, the sets, really. Yeah. Was, um, because, and a lot of it was just an experiment, really. Uh, this whole game was more of an experiment with, uh, you know, experiment in minimalism. Because mm -hmm. the first game I made, uh, The Search, I mm -hmm. kind of took the same approach that I would have taken, you know, if I was working on a AAA game. So right. I, you know, just was thinking about all this detail I could add. And, you know, it took a lot of time because I'm making these games, you know, on the side and I still have my full-time job. Um, so there's a lot of time spent on things that, you know, when looking back, you know, they don't really add that much, right? Mm, right. I mean, in terms of like me, you know, I'm the only one working on this thing, right? Right. So it's, you know, it was out, kind of out of necessity as well. It's like, could I, you know, what, you know, what can I get rid of or what is not essential, you know, for a game, really? Mm -hmm. um, and so it was kind of a challenge as well. So can I get away with, making the art you know just with simple shapes simple silhouettes um and just you know have flat colors but because essentially the search was all hand painted painted screens that you had that were they were all individual right 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 um it was right like over i don't know maybe 200 still frames that had to be <laughs> um and so yeah it's like my kind you know, every night I would like kick off a rend you know, a bunch of renders and, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the morning, sometimes it'd still be going. Um, and if I screwed something up, then I have to go do that all over again. So right. making it. And I know you say you come from obviously like a triple A back, um, game background. So going into more of the 3d style and having like simple shapes, like you were saying, um, was that just very uh, firsthand to you? Like it wasn't, um, it wasn't like trying to do something that was difficult. Um, it, I mean, it wasn't. You know, I guess again, it was mostly just trying to figure out what was really essential and what I could, right. you know, get away with. Um, okay. Uh, you know, it's just more about thinking of approaching it from a way. It's like, what do I really need? you know normal maps on you know all these textures do i really need all this you know fine detail everywhere yeah. and yeah. the answer to that was was no i really don't mm -hmm. um and you see this in other games too like uh limbo yeah the witness um and you know i think it's smart it's a really smart way um to approach the art because i mean it's it's really it can be really really time-consuming and right um I, I just remember some projects i worked on like at the game studios and i would kind of look back at the year or at the project and i was like well is this all i really did um <laughs> so you know because it feels like you put in a whole lot of effort but don't get as much uh, back in return um and you think a lot of that is just how you kind of play those certain games and how you're you know because half the time when you're running through a, a game you kind of miss a lot that probably you know yeah. designers have put a lot of uh 
a lot of time and effort in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's yeah so much that goes into you know the AAA games, and yeah, I think you do miss a lot. I mean, it's you know, but there's this, I guess, uh, believability factor that goes into it. It's kind sure. of like I remember talking to one of the art directors about this in one of the studios out of that, and he was like. You know, it's not something that they would really see. It was just more something that they feel mm-hmm. or something that registers unconsciously. So, like, even if, I mean, even if they don't notice it, they're going to, if it's not there, they will notice it, right? Right. Um, so, it's like, once you establish a certain style, once you establish a certain um, aesthetic, you know, you're going for this, you know, hyper-realism or whatever, yeah, it's kind of the yeah. idea of like how on movie sets, how um, there's someone, someone can have the job of just looking at, uh, I forget the word for it, but like if something has changed from like scene to scene. And so it's kind mm-hmm. of like the same that goes for video games that if something's missing, um, the player could easily pick up like what isn't there rather than what is there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Something just kind of feels off and just doesn't make it as believable yeah so would you say that the um the change of technique from the search to discolored was more of the um more of your search for something uh that was still compelling yet um didn't have to have as much as like what you were saying like for instance the search has a lot of voice acting in it and discolored um you know, it's a lot more about the atmosphere and the little sounds of your footsteps or the radio in the background or the TV blurring in the other room. Right. Um, do you think that this was also a discovery of a completely different um, ambience that you got from Discolored? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, the thing with the voice acting um, and the search, uh, I mean, Sissy Jones, uh, uh, she's also did the voice of delilah um, oh yeah uh, i'm uh, very aware of firewatch yeah. that's my one of my favorite games really <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's so good and uh, she did such a great job with it. um but uh yeah you know and i had fun doing that uh, with the search but i felt like again it's like well what it with the time that it takes to you know write a script and refine a script and you know, do the voiceovers and put the voiceovers in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to kind of see the return, you know, of that effort, you know, I felt like maybe there was a better way I could tell a story. Um, right. Not that, I mean, and, and the search, you know, the content of it is a little bit different. I see the search is more of a philosophical kind of adventure game rather than telling, you know, a story to entertain you. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's a little bit of a difference there too with the search and discolored, where discolored kind of goes more for you know, more of this entertainment value and trying to bring tension to you know in the story, mm-hmm. um, rather than to just share ideas. Um, right. So there's a difference, you know, in, in that. So yeah, discolored was me, I guess, kind of experimenting as well. Is there a different way to tell a story? Um, and I guess one of the influences for that was this game called Midnight Scenes. Have you heard of it? No, actually I haven't. 
um yeah i think it's on itch and oh, okay it's like a free game but it was done by uh the artist that worked on thimbleweed park oh oh wow okay i, I think his name's uh octavi navero um i'm saying that right uh, <laughs> but uh i loved what he did in that game because and he has a couple other games too but the first uh midnight scenes game uh it's mo it's very twilight zone-ish very uh kind of eerie feeling and but you know most of the game is without dialogue and it is kind of a puzzle adventure game as well but uh it's more 2d mm -hmm. um but i loved what he did he was able to tell a story without using hardly any dialogue any words or text right. um and so i you know took that as inspiration like well could you know could i do something similar um mm -hmm. and so again you know it's kind of a experimentation you know on my part like well you know i like how you know in doing that and you also save and having to translate a whole bunch of text mm -hmm. um, so um practical standpoint that that works out well um uh so you know but you know but again it, it was just more an experiment can i is there a different way to tell a story um and um you know it's kind of vague uh and you know especially if you you know there's different different parts that uh you don't see if you don't get the uh secret achievements mm -hmm. so if you uh you know don't get any of those achievements then it'll be even more vague but yeah. there's there's this uh i guess sense of wanting to have the player come to their own conclusions um have the player come to their own interpretations about what's going on and um yeah, I yeah. think I think we run into games, especially AAA games, that want to kind of explain everything because they have to, you know, pretty much um, take in like the whole every single type of audience, you know. And mm -hmm. um, I think like especially that what indie games have been able to do is um, out of necessity um they've let's say not had voice actors or like you said not having to type every word and things like that it takes more time and money um but it allows for like the player to uh be introduced to a different type of game and mm -hmm. uh i think that's kind of what's great about how indie games and especially with apple having like arcade and being able to um reach f further audiences is that the uh the gamer will change they'll mm -hmm. um expect different things out of different games rather than your uh everyday call of duty or something so mm -hmm. i think like discolored does that very same thing where um you know let's say discolored blows up and it's very popular and it gets limbo uh you know um <laughs> it's as big as limbo um i wish <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, you still got time. <laughs> um, but you can expect um, people now to um, um, to expect different things out of um, that type of game. And for the next game they play, you kind of set that uh, uh, that pavement for them on what to expect. And I think that's uh, I think it's great to kind of just go with your gut and do what you think works for the experience, rather than what kind of audience you're going to um, reach so right right yeah I, and that's I think, all i have to say about that <laughs> yeah i think it's it's a challenge um 
like if I was doing this full time, you know, and I, I think it'd be risky for me to get, make a game like this because it is so different. It is, um, not for everybody. And, you know, I, uh, and I think if I was able to do this full time, I'd make it longer, um, because, you know, it was basically it's short because of the constraint of my time. Um, but still it, there's this sense of like people complaining, like it's too short and, you know, giving it a thumbs down because it's too short. And that's the only mm, reason that see. they're you know not liking it. And I think it is, you know, there, there is, like you said, there's that expectation of what a game should be. Right. Mm-hmm. When I played Midnight Scenes, I was blown away because I was like, hey, here's a game you can play in 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. And it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed playing it. And I'd totally, you know, pay for something like this, you know, but he's giving it away for free. And yeah. I emailed the guy. And I was like, like, dude, why are you giving this away for free? You know, you could totally be making money uh, mm-hmm. from this. And, and he was like, well, I just want people to play it. Um, you know, and so I was like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I see, you know, for, I, see, I guess I just see an opportunity there, right? And in, in yeah. terms of, like, there can, you know, can a game be short, but be enjoyable enough where people, you know, would pay money for it? Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, you see that like with, with movies, right? Movies are only an hour and a half, two hours long, and you yeah. spend maybe 10, 15 bucks at the box office. Um, so why can't games kind of do something similar? Uh, so, I mean, there is, but, you know, like you said, there is that expectation for games to be a certain length and to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, but the great thing is like with Apple Arcade, you know, maybe there's this platform now that allows for games to try to do something different and, um, change the way people see games um change the way people um come to expect how games can be yeah exactly and and i think it's um i think you came out this game at the perfect time um especially for apple arcade and it works extremely well with the uh with just even playing on the iphone i don't play smartphone games i just i feel like there's a disconnect and i usually i just don't that's not my first choice to go to that platform but with discolored um i'm like well i'll try it out and see how it is and the game um really goes along with the simplicity of the controls and simplicity of not having to be working against the clock or you know so there's a lot of variables um about it that just work on um the smartphone and um i just think that especially for arcade as an app um i wasn't like totally for it at first because i'm like oh now it's like this standalone thing for uh, for just the ios like that's that seems strange but i feel like also the type of games that are on there um are a different type of game much like your own so i think it's cool like you know what we've been talking about it is reaching a different type of audience and um especially people that can just have to pay a monthly payment and they get this uh, collection of um, of games that they really don't expect what they're going to get out of it. So what has been your experience from people kind of stumbling on your game in the uh, Apple Store and have you seen the uh, effects of it? Um, 
Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think uh, one surprising thing is people keep asking about a sequel. Oh yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, people keep saying, you know, is there going to be another part? You know, when are you going to come out with another part? And it's like right. that was that's a pleasant surprise because I didn't really expect people to like, you know, want that. Um, but I guess I shouldn't be too surprised at the same time because I did <laughs> leave it on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And some people weren't too happy about that, though. Um, right. Some people felt like it was too much of a tease, but <laughs> I did want to. But you know, it's all about that. You know, you know, with the game that's already there is that tension about, you know, again, you know, trying to leave it to the player, like you know, to interpret what's going on. Um, but you know, at, at the same time, yeah, I would love to make another one. Uh, mm-hmm. another part um and so uh you know how long that will take i don't know <laughs> but, with, uh, with with that in mind have you like finishing up discolored ha- are you like okay this is going to be my next game like is it a, do you have another project in mind um i mean i have some ideas i have mm-hmm. some ideas i mean i think it's just going to take um t- you know time for me to kind of sketch out how i want it you know, or just kind of how I feel it should should go. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so that's another thing about working, you know, I guess on my own time, you know, doing this on the side. Like right. if I was like pressured and had a, you know, a really strict deadline, I think it would be harder for me to come up with ideas, um, you know, like I have, you know, with Discolored. Right. It mainly, mainly just because of, that's how I work. You know, it's easier for me to be creative, you know, if I don't, if I'm not constrained by a deadline. Um, so, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I've worked in that space before, you know, the AAA uh, space where, you know, there is the, there are the strict deadlines and if you have to rush or, you know, if you try to take shortcuts, it, you know, in my experience, typically never really works out that well. Um, yeah, right. So, yeah. And I, I guess if you were also, um, let's say you quit your day job and you're you're going to make uh, indie games for like your main thing and you're going to make money off of it, then you're going to be relying on what your indie games make. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So then you're kind of your mindset kind of changes based on like, well, how is this going to sell? So I think that it's kind of like two sides of the of the sword that you kind of think you have to think about in that respect. Oh, exactly. I always I always think about that myself because I, I want to eventually get into video games down the line, and I'm going to school right yeah. now. Um, and it's always you know it is always a question um, about well you could do this full time and work for yourself, and a lot of the people that I've talked to just on this podcast have done that very thing. But um, it's also the question of, oh, now you are a businessman. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's like, how does that obstruct the way you look at your craft? So, um, so yeah, you're, it's, it's just really funny that you uh, bring that up. And um, yeah. do, you, do you technically work for a AAA game company at this moment then? Uh, no. No, oh, okay. I, yeah. I can't go into too much about that. Oh, that's uh, okay. That, but, yeah. Um, no, it is more of a, you know, I still do art. It's, mm-hmm. it's still, um, you know, allows me to be creative. 
and um, learn new things, but um, it's a different pace for sure. Um, right. Which is great um, because, you know, going back to what you're saying with, you know, if I were to do this full time, I think it would change, you know, if I was, you know, if I didn't have, if I was relying on it to, you know, make enough money, you know, then it would, you know, it'd be a different kind of game for sure. I'd be thinking about how am I going to make money uh, off of this? Mm -hmm. Am I going to, I don't know, <laughs> incorporate some other kind of like um, systems into this where. Right. How many ex explosions you're going to have in it? How many right. kill streaks? Right. You know, right. Cause you got to make it work. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. You're, it, it, I mean, in the puzzle genre right now, like it's not as popular as, you know, like a city builder, for example, you sure. know, it's, you know, and, you know, it, the game being like one to two hours to play, mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to have that player retention um, and being kind of linear, you know, it won't draw that many people back. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it would definitely change the way I would make uh, games. And, you know, I've seen other indie full-time indies, you know, have to, they just don't typically, I guess most of them that I've heard from say that, you know, it's not just about them making their own games. They're doing other stuff at the same time, right? So yeah. like they're doing, you know, sometimes they do have to take on contract work or sometimes they do have to go into, you know, a publishing kind of model where right. they help other people out with their games. And so, you know, I feel like, well, that if I have to do that, you know, I'm kind of already doing that with my other <laughs> job on the side. So it's like, well, why not just, you know, if I, if I'm pretty happy with this other thing for right now, um, and I get to make games, but I still get to be creative, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I think that's, you know, that part's pretty important to me because like, I think there would be a lot of, compromise and a lot of just oh that's too creative or that's just too much of a risk i don't want right. to do that with my game and you know then it becomes kind of you know trying to just do what's already popular right yeah and exactly so it kind of put you know it would put me kind of back in the same situation where you know i am now or or worse you know so like you know if i did um you know, go full time, it would have to be, it would have to be at a place or from a place where things can be better than they are now, not, you know, one step forward, one step back. Yeah, right, right. right. Now, I know you've touched on it and everything that you have worked for a AAA uh, game company. What was it that you learned from working in that space that, um, that you've taken from that and have made your decision to um, go with a different employer and make games independently? Well, I think, um, you know, I guess one of the things, you know, I did touch on before is just the hours that it takes to, you know, you put into these games. And then, um, and another thing is it's becoming a little bit more uh, iffy in terms of, uh, I mean, it's always kind of been volatile in terms of mm -hmm. stability. Um, but now I see more, companies kind of you know just trying to do contract work uh, yeah, rather than yeah. put you on full-time okay. uh, and then uh you know there's a lot of outsourcing going on in terms of like 
you know, whatever can be outsourced will be outsourced. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, you know, so there's that, and there's just a whole lot of competition, um, same time. But, um, in terms of like what I, I guess the lessons I learned is more about how to work in a production environment. Um, that was just really, really helpful for me, you know, to be able to make uh, my own games and, um, you know, just learning about you know, what to focus on. And mm-hmm. I think another important thing is like, you know, definitely better, you know, better communication. I mean, I think that's, you know, it, it is more of like a soft skill, right? But it's so important when you're working on a team right. and getting, you know, to where, you know, working on Discolored, um, you know, working with the guys at, at Shifty Eye Games, you know, helping port it over to Apple Arcade, you know, right. you know we're not all in, you know, in the one, under one roof, uh, so we're all scattered throughout the world. Um, so it's, you know, communication is really important for, you know, making sure people know what you're doing um, and what's going in the game. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you can't make assumptions. You can't work in a vacuum, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, um, and that was, you know, one of the lessons I learned early, early on because when I first got into the industry, you know, it wasn't really, I was just used to working on my own, you know, because I was doing this stuff as a hobby, right? Mm-hmm. And just yeah. working, making 3D art as a hobby. But then you get to the point where it's like, oh, I didn't know that you wanted it to be this way. You know, if a designer maybe didn't communicate it that well mm-hmm. um, and I didn't ask it, you know, enough clarifying questions. And then, oh, well, I guess I got to stay over the weekend. And <laughs> you know, so you, it gets... You, you learn that lesson, you know, really, really fast. Um, you know, it's like, you know, never make assumptions, never, um, yeah. It's you know, a totally always... different uh, pace you're going at working yes, for, right. with other people than it is for yourself. Yes, yes, definitely. Do you um, think, after, like, you know, of course, with you working in... Um, in video games with obviously bigger groups and now you're uh working for yourself and you've made two games now what do you think have been the hardest parts in making them and being a part of a team and um those i know those are two about two different questions but also um from from going through that process um what do you think are some of the lessons you have learned that you can um, tell other people that are looking into making uh, video games or maybe getting into the AAA industry or just, you know, want to make games in general? Yeah, well, I think one of the things that, um, you know, one piece of advice, I guess the best piece of advice is like just make sure that you love what you're doing. Um, because it's, it gets tough. I mean, it really does. I mean, you know, there's in the AAA space, you know, there's a lot of volatility in terms of like, you know, things are changing all the time. Projects may not always work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I had, I remember the first interview I ever did. Um, yeah, I, I'm originally from Alabama and, you know, oh, okay. I moved out to California, you know, for uh, a first job. And one of the guys in the interview, he's like, hey, you know, 
the video game industry, you know, it, it's it's pretty different. And just make sure that you want to really do this. And I really didn't understand what he was, why he kept, you know, he said that to me like three times during the interview. <laughs> and I was like, I'm thinking about it, why does he keep saying that? Don't take the job. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, but then, you know, I got in and then it's like, oh, okay, I, I get it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just me right out of college. It's like, I don't really understand why he keeps saying that. <laughs> I understand, I understand now. Um, right. But, but you really, you know, but fortunately I did enjoy making art, you know, making 3D art and, you know, I enjoy making games. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's always, uh, there's always, you know, just a ton of stuff to pay attention to and to, you know, that can bog you down or can weigh on you. So you really have to love, uh, what, what you do, um, because it can get, you know, it can get tough and it's also i think at the same time you know love what you do you know love you know your craft but i think it's important to have a balance as well because it's you know once if you love something like so for the first game i did the search Mm -hmm. i actually got a little bit burned out towards the end of it where i was like i'm just sick of this game i'm tired of it i don't want to see it again (laughs) you know and it's like so you know, but, you know, I, I love doing it so much that, you know, it kind of led to me, you know, not taking enough breaks or not taking enough time to do other things, right? And was the community, um, you know, the people that had played the game a part of that coming back? Um, Oh, I'm sorry, coming back to? Oh, I mean, like, um, after you you said you got burned out from um, making the search, but right. once it released and people played your game, um, did pe- people's reactions to it help you with uh, seeing like what you're capable of doing and giving people experiences? Yeah, yeah, I think that that definitely was part of it. Um, uh, and at the same time, I think it was just needing a break, really. Um, and you know, I you know heard someone else say that you know if you um, I guess they're like a CEO at uh, a really successful company. I can't remember who it was, but um, they were saying, you know, when they hire employees, they, you know, talk about do they really love what they do? And so, you know, he kind of, you know, makes sure that they don't, I guess, burn themselves out because, you know, the more they love doing that thing, the you know, easier it is to burn yourself out because mm-hmm. you can just spend so much time in that space you know honing your craft working on your craft and um and then you just kind of become less of an asset if you do reach that burnout point right right um and so i think that's what happened on the search and you know i was just did not i guess really look at how i was uh managing my time and so with this discolored um you know, I made sure to, you know, balance it out. It's like, okay, well, I'll take like maybe a year, year and a half to make this thing, but I'm not going to work at it in the same way that uh, I did with the search. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was just being more mindful of my right. time. Like, uh-huh. you know, certain, I'm going to work on it, you know, for these you know, certain hours during the day. And then, um, you know, maybe 
you know, a little bit here and there on the weekend, but, you know, I'm not going to push myself as hard. Right. And, and, and that's the other danger too, like with working in a triple A space where, you know, you know, you are, you know, there's so much pressure to get the game out the door, you know, and then, and there's hardly, you know, sometimes, you know, not enough room, uh, to, to have that balance. And, uh, so that, that was another struggle I, I kind of went, you know, went through uh, in the AAA space, but I think the results kind of, you know, I'm more happy with, with how things turned out with this color. So like, I can still, I'm not sick of the game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. I'm, I'm open to doing a second part. I'm open to, you know, you know, making improvements, uh, doing bug fixes here and there and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's worked out better for me. Right. Um, some other people may be okay. Like, working under pressure and you know putting all these hours into well I, I don't know how some people do it with um they have their day job job and then they have like kids at home and all somehow right. they make a whole game i know the guy that did the i don't know if you're familiar with the game the first tree um, oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, like he has a child and he's like making a game i'm not saying it's not hard i'm just <laughs> saying that it's like you're talking about that breaking point like with the search and it's like well one thing you're getting burned out from like um you know your work but it's like another thing is like you're spending all of that time on your game and your craft and even though it's what you love to do you you know i mean i would assume that you have uh family and friends maybe you don't have children i mean do you no no thankfully so (laughs) imagine (laughs) if you did (laughs) But, um, but no i just um no i just find it great that um you're capable or and even able to come home from work and still have that passion for um for what you do and uh, i feel like a lot of people don't and it's very very obvious and discolored that you took what you love and that being um art and throwing it into one game and what's so cool about that is uh just like the search um discolored um will now remain as a whole piece of art you know, um, I know a few, uh, quite a while ago is the question of, uh, if video games could be art and it's, it's just ridiculous that that was even a question because it's like, we put <laughs> art into this, like it's literally living art. Like, what are you talking about? But, yeah, um, exactly. I think that's cool for a designer like yourself to be able to uh, put that in, into a game. And I hope you walk away from discolored and maybe you're going to your next game or. Maybe you give up games and altogether or something, you know, um, you have that living piece of art and that's really cool that, um, people can always go to that and play that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, there are art principles used in, you know, making a, like in every game, right? So yeah. we have an art department, so no, there is, course. it is art. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's hilarious people ever question that. <laughs> right. 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 It's kind of crazy. And I didn't want to touch on something you were saying like with the con you know the time constraints like if people have you know a family or kids yeah. you know heck yeah for me i'd be like whoa that's that's crazy right mm-hmm. to be able to make a game um you know under those conditions but i think again it's just about you know working smart right you, right. you have constraints for your for yourself so i'm going to you know make a game that's only this you know, length and only does this thing, you know, so I'm not going to 
go crazy with the details. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think, yeah, the big part of that is just, you know, creating constraints for yourself that, um, you know, you know, kind of like, I feel like how I, how I did with the discolored, like, can I tell a story without using hardly any words? Can I, you know, make the art without hardly using super detailed textures? Um, and so, and, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, the constraints are, are important because if you don't give yourself constraints, you're going to just kind of just, you know, go crazy and, um, you may not be focusing on the right thing. Um, well, also you made it as a feature, you know, it was like, oh, well you have to pretty much solve this riddle before you can, um, get into the next section. And you did that with colors. And so it was very, um, um the player is very aware of that um the art matters and i think the simplicity of it gives it that uh is just uh falls into that feature that you added that it's part of the gameplay you know right right yeah yeah and so again yeah that does go back to kind of like well when the constraints kind of can become you know a feature right or um, you know something that is uh, an essential part of the game right so um it can definitely work for you yeah it really can well thank you thank you for giving me your time and um talking about discolored uh i uh really appreciate you coming on the podcast and talking to me about it oh yeah thanks for having me dane i really appreciate it yeah i look forward to whatever you have next and if it's discolored too or maybe whatever else it is um i'm very excited to play it and um hope to talk to you again yeah for sure all right thanks i'll i'll be talking to you all right all right all right i'll be in touch appreciate this all right cool thank you i'll talk to you later jason all right later all right bye